0: Hi, I'm Jerome Whittingham, I'm the editor of Hull Is This, you're listening to another Hull Is This podcast. If you've been following Hull Is This for the last few weeks, you'll have noticed that we've partnered with our good friends at Creative Briefs, a community interest company that inspires young designers. And over the last few weeks with Creative Briefs, we've been looking at the subject of dyslexia, what dyslexia is and how it impacts upon people's lives. Let me introduce the team to you. Um, If you saw the little video a couple of weeks ago, that video was with Josh, and Josh is here with us now. Say hello, Josh. Hello. And then we've got the uh, Creative Briefs staff with us. We have Yasmin Holmes, uh, the project manager for Creative Briefs. Hello again, Yasmin.
1: Hello again.
0: And we have the two directors of Creative Briefs, uh, Rebecca Shipham and Jason Bowers. Hello to you both.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: You've introduced me, uh, well, we've been working together for a number of years, haven't we? But in recent weeks, you've really um, introduced me to new aspects of dyslexia. And you've got me to drill down perhaps more deeper than I've ever done so working with you in in recent years. Josh, let's, let's start with you. We did that. We spent that day together and we put the video together that we called Dyslexia Day to Day. What sort of response have you had to that video, Josh, from your friends and family?
2: They say that they definitely have learned a lot more and they kind of understand about dyslexia a little bit more. But I think most of the time they were just proud that I actually had the confidence to do the video in the first place, which, you know, with being dyslexic, obviously a lot of things can knock your confidence when you're doing, I guess, like public speaking or something, or where you're trying to get a message across. You don't want to, Uh, word it in the wrong way. So a lot of the time they've been amazed with the confidence that I've had to do the video and do podcasts, go on radio and all that sort of stuff. All real positive stuff that they've given back to me. So they're all really proud, to be honest.
0: Absolutely. You should be proud too. I mean, the the time we spent together, you were calling dyslexia a gift. But uh, I I suppose what really struck me about that conversation was that Initially, you know, people might think dyslexia is just an issue around uh, being able to read words on a page. Uh, but you were telling me that dyslexia is, well, you use the phrase, it's like a tornado going off in your mind, full of distractions. And I'd obviously thought, like many people, that it was perhaps uh, almost a visual problem that you can't, you can't make out the words on a page like other people can. But you've sort of taught me that actually no, it's it's more of a it, well, it's much more wide than that. It's almost a sort of emotional response and multi-sensory response. Am
2: I getting that right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely say that that's definitely on the right track because you know an example can be you know you're in the middle of an exam or you're doing like practice papers. You go start off some questions and you start off perfectly and then you feel your mind start to wander but you kind of you grab it and you bring it back in and you'll ask a few more questions and then like a, as I said in the video you hear the tornado siren go off and then you start panicking and thinking oh well no 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 chance I'm getting back into this and then this tornado pushes over with all the ideas and distractions of what are you having for tea tonight what's going to happen in that next film that I'm going to watch tonight like so definitely it's having all those problems from going from concentrating really hard on a piece of work to then being distracted in your own imagine, imagination and world and that.
0: So do you think there's a, 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 an emotional element to having dyslexia too? Like are, you, are you feeling differently and seeing differently, not just thinking differently?
2: that may be quite a a hard question to answer obviously i don't know what it's like to not be dyslexic but whenever i'm looking at other people in the class who don't have dyslexia and are quite academic which is obviously basically the difference with me is that i can't really think in the way that they would so they can retain information real easily for an exam i can't i have to work five times harder than they do and that it often does knock your confidence quite a lot to know that, you know, why can't I be like them? Why can't I just, you know, hear a word and understand it immediately? Or why can't I learn about this and understand it immediately? Why do I have to go over it 50 times until I understand it and it sinks in? So I guess there is that sort of um, the way that it does knock your confidence. And as I mentioned, like, you know, the response I've had from family and friends with the video You know, they've all been amazed with the confidence that I had to do it.
0: Jason, um, is it right to say then that this emotional element to dyslexia is not actually linked to dyslexia itself? It's the frustration people feel that other people don't think in the way that they do. And the sort of maybe the communication differences that exist between people that have dyslexia and people that don't.
3: Uh, yeah, it's a lot. It comes down to uh, the frustration side, I think, and um, having to uh, keep that frustration in in certain situations when pressures applied, especially listening to Josh talk there, and um, it's it's in a classroom setting or somewhere where you've got loads of people waiting for the result of what you're going to tell them or hanging on you everywhere because uh, you're there to deliver something of importance. And it's that pressure that can sometimes cloud your mind or put you in the frustration uh, or the situation where it's frustrating not to be able to say, well, look, given a bit more time, I, I can deliver this the way that I need to. Um, but it, it does come down to concentration is the first bit. And then from that, when your concentration starts to go um, when it shouldn't be, then it adds the the extra pressure, and then then you start sweating, then you start wondering why you got yourself into this sort of situation. So it is a very emotional sort of turmoil. So to, to start with, or put in in situations of pressure. Let's say,
0: yeah, yeah. So Yasmin, um, when you're running creative brief sessions, you're helping to deliver the sessions. Um, your creative briefs is delivering educational. Uh, workshops and creative and design workshops, are are you doing it in a different way to what you might expect to do, uh, you know, an art class at school, for example?
1: Yeah, definitely. So uh, in an art class, you know, you might be making something, you might be drawing something, but it it can be quite, it can be like you're looking at an artist, say, you're looking at Monet and you're copying that style and you're learning about that style and the history behind it but it's not put in a context that's understandable to you in your life. For the workshops we run, we look at, you know, architecture and shapes, but we go, you know, what do you see around you? How can you apply that to things that you know and that you find fun? And there isn't loads of text, there isn't loads of writing. It's all visual. And we can run an hour and a half session just based off a picture because it's all about discussion between the kids and what what they think.
0: You don't have dyslexia yourself, do you? Um, So how have you found it difficult sometimes to understand the sort of creative tangents that the young people go off on?
1: Um, They do go off on tangents, but I think it's this. Um, It's exciting because I think people with dyslexia tell a story in a completely different way, and it's them little details and that creative part of it that makes it fun. I'd say that some people might be a little bit jealous of someone with dyslexia because they seem to be just natural creative thinkers, you know, a massive thing. There's loads of dyslexic entrepreneurs, business owners, like Jim was saying, there's so many artists out there who come up with unpredictable art when they're dyslexic. It's that unpredictability and that ability to think I'm going to create something new.
0: Rebecca, you actually work uh, full-time professionally as a designer, exhibition designer. Are you jealous of the creative creativity that you see?
2: Um,
1: yeah. I don't always get involved in the delivery of sessions, but I'm often off camera working on other stuff and I can listen into what's happening. And sometimes I do take part and I get involved in a creative um, activity and I can't think of what to do. And I'm sat there thinking, oh, God, I haven't got an answer to this creative problem. And then the kids... Start presenting what
0: they've got, and it's like ten times better than what I do, and I get paid to do it all the time. Josh, why why do you say dyslexia is a gift to you?
2: I'd say it is a a gift mainly due to the positivity that you can have with dyslexia about the um like the positive side. So, you know, being more creative, sometimes being more uh, of a problem solver. Hard working is definitely something that I'd go with, which also goes alongside resilience as well. You know, if you're If you want to get to this goal, you try anything to get to it as hard as it might be and as emotional as it might be as well. So I'd say resilience is also on that list of positivity, but it's basically a Christmas gift that has a lump of coal at the bottom. There's always going to be something that um, brings it down a bit and something that can affect you. So, And this is where we get to those... um, There's like roadblocks on the way to your on on, in the middle of right in the middle of your journey. You just hit those roadblocks and you're trying to find your way around them. So there's always those ups and downs with it, but the positivity of dyslexia is still just as special. I say it's
0: wonderful. (laughs) Actually, talking in terms of imagery, there of uh, you know the the coal at the bottom of uh, a Christmas stocking or roadblocks. You know, you're actually visualizing issues and no doubt you're visualizing solutions too
2: um yeah i i guess i guess in a way i am uh, i never really think that i'm being visual or trying to explain it in a visual way but as you just pointed out i am uh, funnily enough i just don't actually notice that i'm actually doing it and i'm sure I've, i did it many times when we was doing the dyslexia video as well trying to think of those like visual ways around it it might take a lot more time to do it, but I'm, I'm guessing that does also happen as well. But personally for me, I just don't realise that I'm doing it.
0: I think working with creative briefs over the years that I have, um, you know, been able to come along and dip into your sessions and chat to the young people to see how you deliver things. You You all treat dyslexia in a very positive way. I mean, Jason, how annoyed do you get that often the language used around dyslexia is so negative you know people with dyslexia have to be diagnosed as if it's some sort of illness that they need to be cured of dyslexia is lumped in with special educational needs at school as if it's a problem that a school has got to overcome so how annoyed do you get uh, about the the sort of negative language that so many people use about dyslexia?
3: I don't get annoyed anymore <laughs> because I can see the benefits of uh, in the young designers that we work with and working to their strengths and allowing them to build up the confidence, like we've mentioned about Josh there. I don't get annoyed at all. It's just looking for the opportunities and creating, like we're doing now, the awareness of what can be achieved. It comes like you've just asked Josh about the gift of dyslexia. Well, when you say gift, that's, that's fine, but there are a number of obstacles that come with dyslexia before you get to the point of realizing that you can do things or some areas of life a bit quicker than everybody else, and especially the creative side. So I don't get annoyed, it's just a lack of understanding out there, which is a lot better than when I was at school. Also, the fact that I wasn't diagnosed until I was in my 30s. Given the right opportunities and getting strategies in place, people will see the benefits of what a creative person with dyslexia can achieve. So it's just lack of understanding. But the world is getting a lot better at understanding the opportunities that are there for all types of creative people, and especially people that are dyslexic that usually find a creative outlet or employment somewhere along the line. Um, in the uh, life cycle,
0: let's say. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So Yasmin, earlier, you already mentioned uh, Jim Rokos or Jim Rokos. <laughs> I never did ask him how to pronounce his surname. Well, he, that was a fascinating conversation I had with Jim because we say people with dyslexia uh, think differently. And he, he even takes it even further than that. He says people with dyslexia are thinking sort of spatially they they look they look at issues completely differently um to what other people might look at an issue and so that that doesn't just make them those sort of good designers that like to make something new rather than just adjusting something that exists it makes them sort of problem solvers too they 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 look at something in a completely different way you know jason and rebecca you you both work in design yourselves um this, this spatial element, is, is. am I on the right tracks there? If someone like me, um, I don't have dyslexia. I actually find it difficult to understand how somebody can think in pictures, somebody can think spatially. But I can sort of begin to see how, you know, uh, someone with dyslexia might be able to create a solution to an issue that someone without dyslexia can't even begin to imagine.
3: The spatial awareness, um, seeing as I've got a degree in landscape and spatial design, uh, I think answers that. <laughs> um, but thinking in pictures, it's something I, I need to visually see, whatever, whatever it is, whether it's a written document, I'll, I'll draft out a number of different scenarios, I'll have drawings that go with it, uh, the words are all over the page, The look as though they're in no sort of format but then I can group all that together. The the key for me, thinking spatially, is to get all of the thoughts out on a piece of paper um, and then pick out the areas that either link together or look as though they suit each other or combining them to come up with a new, a new solution or answer to the problem, which, again, like Josh and the way he speaks, I don't realise I'm doing it. It just sort of happens. And it might take twice as long or three times as long as anybody else. that's going to come to a promotion, but that's the way I do it. The only time I feel pressured is when I'm under a, a or I've got a deadline where something needs doing. And so I'm want to sit there and work my way through it on paper or visually or making a model or whatever it takes to come up with the the solution that I need. Uh, I am prepared to put the time in, and that that will come through whatever whatever means it is that that I have to do to come up with a solution to that that problem. So I, I think we do think in three D we just do not appreciate that we're doing it because it's just something that comes naturally. And that's like trying to get someone to explain how they come to a, a solution which just sort of evolved really without I can't say without too much thought, but it, it just it it happens. It's a bit like fire. It just happens.
0: People with dyslexia think differently. They just think differently. So some people can run faster than others. Some people are better at cooking than others. Dyslexic people just think differently. It's not a disability. It's not a problem. It's not a negative issue. It's just that they are thinking differently to the way the rest of us think. So this how can we help um, education and how can we help employers to understand this? How can we help them to allow their students and their employees really to play to their strengths? Jason?
3: I can, I can tell you straight away, it's given them the freedom to get things wrong. <laughs> so someone that's dyslexic, they may have... 20 ideas of how we could fix a problem or come up with a solution. And we've discussed this today. It's, not all of them are going to work, or some are going to work better than others, but it's allowing them the time and the freedom to explore some of those ideas and work out what is the best solution to that given problem and, and to be able to do that in whatever way they see fit. So it's like the child at school that looks as though they're daydreaming out the window when really there's a lot of ideas going on in there and you just need time to be able to think these things through. And to be put on under a deadline or an exam situation, like Josh has mentioned, doesn't necessarily put the the person with dyslexia in, in the right frame of mind to come up with the best solution.
1: Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I think a massive part of what the children do and what I've noticed is they like to decode things. What Jason was saying about, Spatial awareness and visualising in 3D and all the rest, it's kind of their way of decoding the world. So the more employers and teachers can do to decode things visually and offer kind of, you know, you've got your reading element, but you've also got some imagery, you've got some videos, you've got some audio, you've got a little bit of all the different learning styles, helps dyslexic people to overcome some of them challenges and really flourish with the skills that they have they're naturally almost better than other people are.
0: Let, let's wrap up a little bit. Um, Josh, you've been coming along to creative brief sessions for a number of years. Um, mm-hmm. i first met you when you were about 12, 13, you know, 17. What, what has creative briefs really sort of done for you? Is it this this allowing you to uh, to make mistakes and to learn from them Is it the freedom that you've had to explore different issues? What would you say has been the real benefit to you of engaging with creative briefs?
2: I'd say it's definitely like understanding dyslexia, um, myself and probably just understanding what dyslexia is for other people as well, how it affects other people, how, you know, it's not the same for everyone, how we've all got our own ways around different things. Um, Also, like the opportunities that I've had, obviously, as I mentioned, with boosting my confidence by doing the radio podcasts and the recent video, my confidence has just gone through the roof. Like nowadays in a class, I'm not as shy to, you know, give my own thoughts on a specific bit of science that we're doing. Or I'm not that shy to, you know, if I've I've got an answer on this sheet, I'm going to tell them what it is. Even if it is wrong, I'm probably still going to tell them. I might feel a bit rubbish if it's wrong, but that'll only last for a bit because I guarantee that other people have got it wrong as well. Definitely like the confidence and just the understanding of dyslexia as well and also meeting new people who have dyslexia. So, you know, meeting Jason's been awesome because, you know, we've been able to uh, talk about dyslexia and understand it more to ourselves and relate with a uh, a lot of bits of dyslexia. It's mostly just been an incredible roller coaster ride, to be honest. It's just been really fun.
0: Jason, the, the young people that come along to Creative Briefs, it's great that the, the sessions are fun. The young people really enjoy coming along, they enjoy tackling the, the briefs and the challenges that clients give you. Do, do you think the young people are understanding just how much they are learning?
3: Mm. Difficult until we're put in a, a situation where we actually all have what we've done uh, as a team in front of influential people. I don't think they do realise. Eventually they do, but at the, at the time when they come to creative briefs and the projects that we do, it's all about having fun and balancing our working week at school where sometimes they struggle, so we just concentrate on the having fun, the, the hidden skills that they learn like the teamwork and problem solving and communication skills and all of that sort of thing, they realize eventually, but that is not the most important thing. The most important thing when it comes to us is that we tackle a project like you would in the real working world of design and that we complete these projects for clients to a standard that the clients appreciate and don't think that our young designers are capable of because uh, the end results, as you know, with your logo design for Hull is this, uh, very polished and look like they are being done by, when I say adults, someone that's done a good degree and uh, completed their course. So, yeah, they found out about the skills eventually. When they need to put them into practice, that's when they find out that they've got them. So do you you asked me about six weeks ago, you said, what have you actually changed so that I understand how your organisation runs and what Creative Beasts achieves? I think when you ask that question, I don't think it's us that's changed. I think yourself, as in photo moments and all is this, have a much better understanding of how the dyslexic mind thinks and how we go about tasks. Would, would you, do you think I'm right there? Is there anything you'd like to add?
0: I think so. Uh, I think it's a case of the more time I've spent with you, the more time I understand that uh, people with dyslexia are thinking in a in a spatial, creative sort of way, not um, a logical, linear, always analytic sort of way. Am I getting that right, do you think?
3: Yeah, yeah, I think you are. Is anyone else? What, what do you think, Josh, Yasmin, Rebecca?
2: Nah, I think that that's right as well. Like, you know, obviously you've probably learned a lot more about dyslexia in these last few weeks than you have, you know, throughout the years of doing stuff with creative briefs. It, again, it's just that creating awareness and letting more people understand about dyslexia and what it is and how it's, you know, that common that anyone in the room, you know, there's at least one person with dyslexia. So it's just nice to understand how they might feel in that, classroom or that uh, office during the meeting
0: so yasmin let, let's wrap up here now uh, because you have or creative briefs has just launched street book number two tell us what street book number two is and where people um can explore the street book
1: the street book two is out uh, you can see it at emmaus that's down lockwood street and it's massive scale just like the first one um, and it tells the junior design factory's experience and journey of dyslexia. So all the challenges that we've got to overcome and the big celebration at the end when they found out about all the gifts that it brings.
0: Jason and Rebecca, remind us of the social media user names and your website address. Uh,
1: yeah, so we're on the internet at creativebriefs.co.uk. And we're on social media as Briefs Not Pants, and that's on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram.
0: Hey guys, I've got to thank you. Really, uh, I've really enjoyed the last few weeks exploring in that sort of deeper detail. What I thought I knew about dyslexia, and actually, there's there's always something you're teaching me. So this Dyslexia Awareness Month and the time we've spent together has been really really useful to me, and I hope it's been useful to other people that have been following along too. You've been listening to A Hull Is This podcast with me, Jerome Whittingham, and as always, we'll make sure all of the relevant links are in the show notes on the page where you've come across us. Uh, Thanks for listening in. We'll be back in touch with you sometime very soon. Bye for now.